Hello, everybody, and thank you for tuning in to the Liberty Report. With us today is Daniel McAdams, our co-host. Daniel, good to see you this morning. Good morning, Dr. Paul. How are you? I am doing well, doing well, yeah. ready and raring to go. We're a little late, and it's my fault, yeah. so I want to say that before we get going. Well, so I apologize. Okay. That's, that's good. <laughs> I used the time up well. <laughs> I, I read, oh, what are we going to talk about today? That's right. Well, you know, there was some news going on as I was driving to, off, to the office today. And yeah. that has to do with that, that president's son. I mean, he's a famous person. Oh, yeah. And he Successful. Has a, yeah. <laughs> and he, he, he talked a lot about uh, at his press conference, which we'll talk about. It's not his press conference, his appearance in order to avoid the deposition. Yeah. But he let it out. And the, and the whole purpose was uh, to participate in uh, Biden's presidential campaign. Yeah. That, that was the whole reason, because he's probably saying to himself, no sweat, yeah. no, no sweat uh, with the president there. He'll, he'll take care of uh, me when we, we need a pardon. So uh, he'll he'll go uh, go along with this. But the big question is, uh, how long will these uh, uh, trials go on? But it, it was big news. And the headline on Zero Hitch today was Hunter Biden ditches the deposition. Uh, he, you know, he told Congress where they could go. Uh, Congress has reacted to, to that already, and I don't think they'll go away softly. Yeah. I think they will. you'll be hearing more about that. Instead gives uh, this uh, whole thing, ditches the disposition, but instead gives the Capitol Hill speech claiming Joe Biden not involved in this business. Wow. It's over now. Yeah, he, let him go. He, he's, he's a reputable person. He's yeah. the president's son. So he's leveling with us. Uh, so the big argument was whether he would testify in, in, a, in an open hearing or a closed hearing. The yeah. open hearings you know, is more like a zoo. Yeah, and, true. But to get to the bottom of this, and uh, it's very proper to do the, the subpoena, you know, where it's not, uh, you, you know, not a circus. But anyway, he wouldn't do it. He wouldn't uh, appear. So that, that has been settled. So the Cong it's up to the Congress the next time. But just to set the stage for what, the, what, what is going on here, I want to just read a short paragraph of what uh, Hunter was, was saying because uh, he, he's not going to give up. They, they come across as sometimes living in a different world. Yeah. Uh, uh, at least their standards are different. Uh, where, where does this come from? But uh, he, uh, Hunter said that at this little uh, he, uh, press conference outside uh, the Capitol, he said, let me state it as clearly as I can, said Hunter. My father was not financially involved in my business, not as a practicing lawyer, not as a board member of Burisma, not in my partnership with a Chinese private businessman, <laughs> not in my investments at home or abroad, and certainly not as an artist. <laughs> you know, well, is this a confession that he had a lot of, that he himself was involved with a Chinese businessman? Yeah, yeah, There's yeah. a little bit of confession in there. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, we did steal our headline from our friends at Zero Hedge because it was just too good to pass by, so they get all the credit. Um, because they <laughs> rightly put it up as Hunter Biden saying, I did not have financial relations with that father, which of course harkens back to Bill Clinton um, uh, and probably with the same result. And here's the headline. Here's the article that they put out. Watch Hunter Biden ditches deposition, instead gives Capitol Hill speech, claiming Joe Biden not involved in business. Now, I'm just wondering what kind of credibility he has. And, and I have to say, certainly this wasn't his idea, although... As Alex Christophora, who I listen to a lot on YouTube, says, he is a renaissance man. I mean, Hunter Biden 
is a man of the future. He is a <laughs> businessman. He knows the oil and gas industry. He was on the board of a top oil and gas company. He knows China. He knows business in China. Uh, he is uh, an entertainer. He's an artist, a very successful artist. You know, is there anything that Hunter Biden can't, a good chemist, he knows a lot about chemistry. Don't ask him the details, but he knows a lot about chemistry. Uh, he knows a lot about the human anatomy and how you can stimulate or depress aspects of the human anatomy. Don't need to go into details. So a real renaissance guy. But the question is, will the average American view this as a credible thing? And his PR team, I have to say, it's a bold move. Let's put him out there in front. Let's just do it. Yep. Well, you know, this campaign for the president is certainly different than, uh, you know, three or four years ago when they put him in the basement. Yeah. Uh, but now they have him out, and it seems like the more exposure, uh, the more his numbers go down, and of course, more attacks on Trump, the higher his ratings go up. But no, I, I can't see where uh, this would add any credibility. He never had much, and uh, I think it's still presidential politics, mostly, and... Uh, it, it's uh, it's not going to solve the solve their problem. Even even though there's a lot of frustration, this goes on and on. I think I think in many ways Trump and his crew has won a lot of the argument. Even back in the you know Russia gate, you you know the the stuff comes out and people hear differently and they have different opinions now. But uh, the the frustration that we have and others who want to get to the truth and they they have a good grasp of things, it's the time and the process and the power of the enemy, the control by the government that, of course, the wicked control of the Department of Justice, you know, all of this goes on. It makes it pretty hard. But still, I think that uh, the truth pops out. And uh, I, I keep thinking of the comparison of, of the Kennedy assassination and even the understanding of 9-11. You know, and time, time reveals that people will change their minds slowly yeah. as the evidence uh, uh, creeps out. And that, of course, is sad because I, I think that when I see all these tragedies, you know, what do we do now? There's a, we're involved in a, a tragic event going on in Ukraine. We're involved with weaponizing the people who are doing a lot of killing. Uh, you know, in in uh, in Palestine. Yeah. So uh, it's it's uh, it's 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 that incident that get us involved that makes me upset because we shouldn't be doing yeah. it, and uh, we're broke. I, you know, we shouldn't be doing it under the the law, the Constitution. We shouldn't be doing it because we we don't have have the money, and we shouldn't be doing it because it's very very dangerous to us. And yet they do it, and then they, say, oh, what are we going to do? There's a crisis, like in this example. This is the crisis of the First Amendment on what's going on. <laughs> and of course, it all has. You know, important discussion, but it's sort of after the fact when it would just the the prevention. When I think of what the um, founders did, they were trying to prevent this, and uh, and there were a lot of thou shalt nots in yeah. the Constitution, but they forgot it in that. And this is why we're in this mess. But I think it's we're, we're facing and we're seeing a reflection of moral bankruptcy and financial bankruptcy and coming together. And people are scared and uh, they don't quite understand it. And that's the most important thing that we can do is to help them to understand why this has happened rather than saying, send me more government, you yeah. know, because that will not solve the problem. And it's hard, you know, it's hard to believe. And I don't know, I could be totally wrong on this, Dr. Paul, 
but it's hard for me to believe that even the president's most ardent supporters, it's hard to believe that they're also saying, hey, that Hunter Biden, that's a great guy. We want him out front. We want him delivering our message. President's son, good stuff there. It's hard for me to imagine, and there probably are a few, um, but, but there you have it. I just wonder, I mean, the, the idea, you know, he spent how many millions of dollars on prostitution and narcotics and this and that and the other. Uh, you don't have to be a family values type to see this could be a, a liability for us. Um, and also, this, I believe, I could be wrong, I believe this is the day that uh, Speaker Johnson is putting it to a vote whether to proceed uh, with impeachment uh, uh, movements toward, toward Biden. So you have the situation where Biden finds himself in political peril right now, and then you have Hunter Biden now in political peril with these new indictments, attacks indictments, or what have you. And, you know, who knows? Part of me cynically wonders if the deep state is not taking a move and saying, we got to get Joe out. His numbers are in the tank. The guy is definitely not operating on all cylinders. There's no question about that. We got to get this guy out. It, we've been saying this for a while, so you know we could be wrong. But I just kind of wonder if the deep state's not making a move on you know, it. Isn't it interesting? They impeached uh, Trump twice, yeah. but they never had a proper vote, yeah. you know, uh, to authorize it by the Congress, which would would have been a pretty good idea. Yeah. And I think that's the law. But uh, but this time the Republicans seem to be wanting to follow those rules, yeah. and uh, they're they're serious about it. But we'll uh, we'll have to see because. Uh, uh, there's, there will be a lot of obstacles. Uh, you know, it's pretty hard for Trump to uh, win many legal uh, uh, cases. Uh, you know, with the saturation of the Justice Department and the FBI and the rest of them, who, who tend to gang up on anybody that uh, think they should uh, have fairness uh, uh, delivered to Trump. Yeah. Well, you know, we'll we'll, we'll see. Here's a couple of tweets the, the, just to show. Uh, if you do the next one. This is what RNC research, obviously a biased source, but they're often clever and funny. Put this up. Hunter Biden moves the goalposts again. My father was not financially involved in my business. That's going to be a hard sell. I mean, there's a lot of evidence out there. Maybe it's right. Um, it's hard to believe that a guy like Hunter could just emerge out of nowhere. If he were born to a humble family in Iowa or something, could have emerged to be this amazing businessman, particularly with his private activities seeming seemingly compromising his <laughs> business sense. And, and then just to give credit to Zero Hedge, we stole their headlines, so we gotta give them some credit because um, it's, it's pretty funny and they're often very funny and sarcastic. We put that next one up, uh, if you don't mind that next clip. Uh, here he goes. I did not have financial relations with that father. Um, it's now, it's, it's 20, what, 30, almost 30 years now since Clinton uttered that and it's now kind of entered the lexicon, so. We'll see what's happening. But speaking of Biden, Dr. Paul, we'll move on to our second story. Biden is finding himself in a serious bind on the Gaza stuff. I'm going to put on this next clip. This is Dave DeCamp. Great article, as usual. Great summary of what's going on. Um, I had a chat with our friend Eric Garris this morning, and he said, have a look at this. I'd already read it. Um, Biden says Israel's Gaza bombing campaign is indiscriminate. But he vows to keep supporting it. So this is the bind he's in. He's, he's now been forced, and I have some poll numbers later. You know how much I love those, Dr. Paul. He's been forced now to say, you guys, you're killing so many civilians. Can you please knock it off? 
by the way, here's some more money. Here's some more missiles to do it. Well, it can, can get a little depressing. Uh, you pointed out to me this article about Mersheimer. Yeah. <laughs> I, I shouldn't have read it. Even Sorry though I knew it. That, yeah. You know, because it's so depressing. Yeah. But it's, it's sort of like, is this true? And I know it's true. Mersheimer isn't going to write garbage. No, he's <laughs> a very know? serious guy. And, yeah. uh, and he, he even starts his article by saying, you know, uh, he doesn't expect to change the world, but he wanted to be recorded. Yeah. And I, I understand exactly the feeling. So, but uh, but this, it was so depressing and uh, it, uh, the, because it really challenges what's going on in here. How do you become, how can you criticize uh, Israel at the time they're special, you know, uh, and that, that's, that's more, more or less what Biden is. They, they criticize the bombing, but we have to keep supporting it. So it's on and on. It's a, it's sort of a, a religious dedication. In many ways, there is a religious dedication, and you can't challenge it. But that that is so difficult. But the violence there, it's just so sickening. And uh, when when the when when does it come outrageous and and everybody say it must stop you know essentially you, you know when the, the the original holocaust or the one everybody talks about you know most people didn't didn't say oh you know there was a division you know yeah. there there was pros and cons yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. but uh, but now there 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 is a division on this uh, 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 even though you're expected uh, sometimes uh, uh, you wonder how, how can they have this sustaining ability to go through the violence over there i mean i this is just pretty horrible. It's just happened, but uh, then people say, "Well, this is bad," uh, you know, and they shouldn't have done it. And then we we're the ones who finances this mess and get involved, and then we perpetuate it. And I got to thinking, you know, you know, when you talk about gigantic horror killing, what about what about Hiroshima and Nagasaki? You know, we dropped those bombs on there, but uh, it, it, totally unnecessarily. Yeah. And that, that's the kind of stuff. So we, we really are hardly in a position that we are the uh, saviors of the world by setting moral standards and, and obeying our own laws. Yeah. You know, we have to pick and choose until we're totally broke. Yeah, well, that Mearsheimer article, and I absolutely recommend all our viewers go to antiwar.com and read that article, it's exclusive to anti-war. Um, but Mirshar points out, and he uses quotes from Israeli officials, senior officials, that the civilian deaths in Gaza were not a bug, but a feature. That was what they intended to do, and they said so in their own words, and that's what makes it so depressing. Yeah, the quotes. The yeah, quotes the quotes are, are devastating. Oh, oh, you know, they're, not an, they're not humans, they're animals, we gotta eradicate them. Really bad stuff, and it does harken back to what was said in World War II as a justification. But put on that next clip, this is from the article, and it just shows, I would say, the schizophrenia that Biden is having to do. He's twisting himself into a pretzel. Uh, go to the next one if you can. Um, now, here's what he says. This doesn't make any sense. Just these two things in the same paragraph. Here's Biden. The literal security of Israel as an independent Jewish state is literally at stake, but it is unshakable, our commitment to Israel. We must continue to provide military assistance to Israel as it goes after Hamas. So on one hand, they're, what's happening, what they're doing, the wholesale slaughter in Gaza is putting them at risk, but we still have to help them do it. 
And, uh, he, and Biden then said that Netanyahu justified the slaughter by saying, hey, you guys did it in World War II. What are you hassling us for? Uh, but, then, um, but then Biden said, it was pointed out to me by Bibi that, well, you carpet bombed Germany. You b- dropped the atom bomb. A lot of civilians died. But then he said he responded to Netanyahu. That's why all these institutions were set up after World War II to see it didn't happen again, Biden said. So it's, uh, he's, he's definitely in a bind. Put on that next clip really quick. Uh, just two more things, actually, before I, because I want to uh, take off on something that you said. Um, I'm going to skip this one because this just reaffirms Biden's uh, uh, commitment. But this <coughs> is a retired IDF, Israeli Defense Force, Major General, because you said earlier, this is Yitzhak Brick, and this is what he said uh, in an article, because uh, you mentioned the U.S. is the facilitator. He said, all of our missiles, the ammunition, the precision-guided bombs, all the airplanes and bombs, it's all from the U.S. The minute they turn off the tap, you can't keep fighting. You have no capability. Everyone understands that we can't fight this war without the United States, period. And this is a person who's in favor of that war. He's arguing this because he wants to make sure these keep flowing. So he's no peacenik. He's on the contrary, on the opposite camp. But it's a very stark admission that none of the slaughter would happen if it wasn't for Biden and the Americans. A lot of Republicans on Capitol Hill as well. And they're not talking about just what is happening right now, uh, you know, in Israel and Pakistan, uh, uh, Palestine. It's what's been going on for decades. Yeah. You know, it's, it's the it's the foreign policy that's that's so bad. And, you know, they they talk as if they're clarifying their moral standards and and justifying uh, uh, that they want to have moral clarity, but uh, they just make mush out of it because they don't have moral clarity. You know, it's it's not like it's it's supposed to be that you, when you have a legitimate reason, uh, you you know when you want to. If you want to establish moral clarity, one of the most uh, significant document of moral clarity of why a war would be fought was Jefferson yeah. in the Declaration of yeah. Independence. That's you right. know that that was moral moral clarity, but that's not what's happening here now. It's yeah. garbage. Well, I don't think that Biden is waking up saying, "Oh, well, there's too many civilians killed." I think he's looking at the polls, and I think it's very obvious if you look at this next clip. This is from the Hill. This is a recent poll. Majority of Americans disapprove of Biden's handling of the Israel-Hamas conflict, according to a poll. And this came out on the 10th, just a couple of days ago, a new poll. If you go to the next one, now this is uh, a writer for the Nikkei, the Asian um, publication. Biden (coughs) changes tone on Israel amid declining poll numbers. So this is a very cynical ploy on his part. He's seeing what's happening in the polls uh, because of his support for the slaughter in Gaza, and he's trying to have it both ways. Go to the next one here. A poll of registered voters released Saturday by the Wall Street Journal, and this is the numbers, showed 37% of respondents approving of his handling, while 52% said they disapproved. And here's even more stark, and we've talked about this. A CBS poll of U.S. adults released Sunday found that frustration over Biden's handling of the war is not limited to young voters. The disapproval rate was 50% among those aged 18 to 29, 68% 30 to 44 year olds, and 63% of older folks. So across the board, across the board, 
He's tanking in the polls because they don't like how he's handling this. That's why he's in panic mode. Yeah, public pressure is helpful. Uh, they should still have start with uh, some moral principles of what we should be doing. Yeah. But <laughs> just think of the lack of moral principle when it, we were dealing with, you know, that that epidemic, you know, yeah. COVID. Boy, we have to do something because people are going to die. Yeah. So they got involved and people died. You know. Yeah. Exactly. So what, what a tragedy. Well, I just want to close it out with one last poll because I think this is what it's all about. Put on this next one. This is a recent CNN poll of Michigan, a battleground state. This is an incredible poll. This is on December 11th, a breaking new CNN poll. In Michigan, Trump is above Biden 50 to 40, 10 full points ahead of Biden in this battleground state. Well, you say, well, how did Joe do in 2020 in Michigan? Well, I have those numbers for you, Dr. Paul. I'll put the next one on. In 2020, Biden won 50.6 to 47.8, almost three full percentage points for Biden over Trump in 2020. And now we're seeing Biden down by 10 full points. Large Muslim population in Michigan. Well, now you're, you're arguing that there's been a shift in attitude. Yeah. But what about if the shift in attitude is, how do we get rid of Biden? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so they have to fudge it one way or the other. But anyway, no, I happen to believe that this sentiment has changed. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you know, in many ways, uh, I think Trump is definitely, at least I must not watch enough television, but I think he's relatively quiet. Yeah. You know, all he does is, is answer these charges. Yeah, there they go again. Yeah. Uh, now it's 110 charges against me, and it just makes uh, his supporters more upset and more angry. So, yeah. terrible. I mean, I think it's for fertile ground for Trump. And, you know, and people will say, oh, come on, because Trump is a super Israel hawk. He's the one that moved our embassy. Um, he's super, super, super behind Israel. However, I do think Trump has the ability uh, to nuance some of these things. And I think he could remain super pro-Israel, but simply come out and say, yes, of course I'm pro-Israel, but I'm concerned about the role we're playing. I'm concerned it might hurt Israel because I care so much about <laughs> Israel. And I think if he did that, though, I think he would see a lot of the Muslim vote in America go his way because right now they have no home. They have nowhere to go. And if he's smart, he would do something like this. He can, you know, keep his, you know, stated love for Israel, but he could say, we need a different approach. Biden has no idea what he's doing. Uh, for sure. So the last thing we want to do is, I don't know, I categorize this. What are they smoking at Langley? Because put this next one up. A new U.S. intelligence assessment came out. They assessed in the Ukraine war that Russia has had 315,000 casualties. A declassified U.S. intelligence report assessed that the Ukraine war has cost Russia 315,000 dead or injured, or nearly 90% of the personnel. They've lost 90% of their army. The war's over. The war's over. <laughs> and, 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 who won? Ukraine won. Of course, yeah, yeah. What, what a joke. <laughs> you know, that, that's just terrible. But the, the sad part is, is around the world, there are thousands and thousands of people uh, lose their lives and just think of what's going on in Palestine. And, you know, this is, uh, this is just something that, uh, you know, people adapt to too easily. Yeah. Um, so what is, it's, it's so disheartening. But then you have to be realistic and say, well, when, when did we really have peace? Yeah. Uh, 
there have been periods where there's been more peace than war, uh, and there's still a lot of <clears throat> carved out areas in probably all countries that people are, their whole concern is, why can't we live in peace? And of course, it's where the power and the authority and the propagandists are that say, well, we have a majority vote here and a majority says you have to do ABC regardless. And they don't have a basic moral principle like maybe maybe they ought to say, what is this non-interventionist stuff? Yeah. You mean you mean the government just should stay out of our lives and they should stay out of regulating the economy? They should stay out of regulating the interest rates? And should we stay out of the internal affairs of other nations? Uh, they don't go to that point, but someday they better because we won't. And that one, one article we quoted there showed that uh, we're involved in all these wars. We finance it. If we quit doing it, the war's going to stop. Wow. You know, it, it's probably no more difficult than that. Simple, very simple. <laughs> well, here's CNN's Jim Shuto. He's their uh, <clears throat> he's their top guy. He's been there for ages. I remember the name. Here's what he's definitely drinking the Kool Aid. He's carrying water for the spooks. Put this one next one up if you can. Here's him retweeting that incredible unnamed intelligence source reporting. He says the losses are just staggering, and in less than two years. At the start of the war, the Russian army stood at 360,000. They've lost 315,000 of those troops. He's doing it with a straight face. Now, Dr. Paul, come on. I mean, I can't imagine that Americans are this dumb. Why did this come out yesterday? Um, what happened yesterday? Oh, Zelensky was in town demanding money. So this was released to bolster the idea that Ukraine is just this close to winning. They've knocked out 90% of the army. Just give them a couple of bucks and they'll finish the job. It's such overt propaganda. It wasn't that they were on the verge of losing. Yeah. And he said, oh, well, they're on the verge of victory. Don't, don't t turn off the spigot yeah. of money. Yeah. What a mess. <laughs> Our propaganda is just so low level. I just can't Ameri I believe Americans. So, Zelensky, if you killed 90% of the Russian military, why are you here begging for money? You should be at home having a victory celebration through Kiev. You know, why are you doing this? He, he was having a big luncheon with the, uh, uh, you know, the military industrial complex. That's true. Was that a celebration there or was that a begging session? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I, more, yeah, more money. yeah, I'd like to believe that Congress genuinely was not persuaded. He doesn't have great persuasive skills. We put on the clip yesterday about how he reads the speeches written for him. He shows up in stinky old uh, sweatpants. Um, just go ahead and skip ahead to the last clip and I want to believe this is true um, but who knows we'll see because it's all politics this is a piece I don't know I forget where it's published anyway Zelensky unable to win over Congress as Biden's Ukraine package stalls this came out yesterday after the meetings apparently he did not win them over we'll see what happens this is one of the few times Dr. Paul or I'm kind of not sure what Congress is going to do. I usually can have a sense of what's going to happen. Are they going to throw something at the last minute? I predict that it will look like they didn't accept our suggestion. <laughs> <laughs> and they're, they're going to do it. They're not going to walk away yet. Yeah, but, but the weird right. thing is the, divi the division on this, you know, progressives and conservatives and the warmongers and all. And even the Republicans uh, have a split that is not usual, you, you know, because there's uh, some people darn determined not 
to send more money over there. And uh, the motivation there and the argument they're winning on is, why are we doing this at the same time? We have a few problems here at home. We have a few problems on our borders. Yeah. You know, We've been invaded, and then you're still off doing this. So it's a matter of whether the people wake up and say, well, those are realistic. How long are they going to wait? You know, this, this would happen during the, during the 60s when there'd be arguments to quit and quit. And when I think, well, we even elected Nixon for the sole purpose of stopping the war yeah. it just goes on and on uh and it, it takes a tremendous amount of killing and frustration and money before the people wake up but sometimes it's just flat out they run out of money yeah. they run out of energy too and uh, i wish they'd run out of more energy for fighting these wars because they do not serve a health there's there's not too many uh Justice. We don't read too many justifications of a war, as I pointed out. Jefferson made a, a stab at giving us a, a, a detailed reason why we were, uh, you know, better off arguing the case for independence. Yeah, absolutely. So, well, I think we've done enough damage for today. <laughs> I hope, and I just want to thank our viewers, like I always do, for coming in. It's, uh, it's uh, our numbers are a little low, like I say. So I know you're out there shopping, but. Um, Please watch the show and pass it on. Subscribe if you're not subscribed. I'm looking here at, at the page right now. While I'm looking at the chat. Thanks for people being involved in live chat. It looks like they're having a good time as usual. We're getting close to 350,000 subscribers to our channel on Rumble, and we're very happy about that. So if you're not subscribed, help push us up past that threshold. Uh, that'll help us a lot, too. So over to you, Dr. Paul. Yes, and I'm going to close with a little tidbit about the thing that's been going on and that has to do with the sensational presence of the major <laughs> colleges uh, uh, and, and, and why they didn't do so well at the hearings. And uh, I want to mention it that t today it's advancing because one of the four resigned and left, but the other ones are seeming to hold fast. But there are people in Congress who are very frustrated. They should be. Uh, we, we, the taxpayer, uh, subsidizes all these universities, and yet they have things out there, and they seem to be morally uh, frozen. They, can, they can't condemn violence. You know, that's one thing that uh, a libertarian, you know, is, it's goal, the, the goal is peace, but uh, we're quite capable of pointing out when there is violence and killing and wars, we can at least on a moral argument condemn it. But no, they weren't able to do it, so that's where all the frustration is. But all is going to be solved now. We shouldn't be there. Uh, I don't happen to believe that the government should be involved in our educational system. But anyway, we're very much involved, very much involved in the university system. I think the progressive era got control of our universities, and that's why, uh, that, that's why we have the kind of social and economic problems that we have, have, have today. But the lawmakers yesterday, they got together and said, the solution is we got to get rid of those presidents. And true, they shouldn't have ever been put there, but they're demanding the resolution uh, 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 demands that Harvard, uh, demanding Harvard and MIT presidents resign. And that's going to solve the problem. Well, my argument is they shouldn't have ever been put there. But yes, they should resign. And yes, if they don't, the money should be taken away. And all, all these things. But I think... 
it just seems like nobody can get away from this whole idea. Well, it's just minor mismanagement. We don't know how these four individuals became presidents, but I think it's I think it's a reflection of of the type of system that we have. The 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 intervention that we have on all hiring and firing and control has led to this. So yes, get rid of the presidents uh, of these universities, but that is not the solution. They, under a free society, you wouldn't be involved in telling people, well, you're gonna fire, you know, if there's been no, no violence. You don't say, well, fire these people and that'll solve the problem. That's a little bit more mischief than I, I think we should be in. It's not, gonna, it's not gonna solve the problem. It probably won't happen either. I do want to thank all the viewers today for tuning in to the Liberty Report. Please come back soon.